Hey, dude. How's it going? What are we going to talk about? I honestly don't know. Can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be a great show. <laughs> Welcome to The Lake Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. We have a couple things that we do actually want to talk about. That we, we, I promise we were playing that up in the, in the last little intro. No, thing. I mean, I'm, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Sometimes those cold opens are either slightly staged or a reenactment because Anthony forgot to record it. And well, like, in this that time, case, in fairness, this last that, time that was not that was not staged because we honestly I mean, we kind of know what we're going to talk about, but it's kind of quiet. I'm a little afraid that it's not going to be long enough. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, uh, so today what we are going to talk about, uh, you have the front office is reportedly frustrated at Luke Walton for not hiring a, an experienced former head coach to show him the ropes. Uh, Brian Shaw is, is riding his beef rap back, his, his, his what is it? The has anybody ever anonymously leaked like a diss track? <laughs> yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's definitely hopping on a he's SoundCloud. Gonna, he's definitely already rhymed magic with tragic. Yeah, even though that was like an '80s thing. That's a that's well, a but rhyme. still, like it's it's an easy rhyme. Yeah. And... Uh, so we got, so we have that to talk about. We are going to. Last week we talked a little bit about the the. We tried to get you guys ready for this next month or two of of leaks we predicted this we said the function is coming yeah this is it's like winter but like more miserable to write about so we're going to we're going to predict a little bit more and and try to contextualize why we thought that in the first place and why we think it's going to continue uh so we have that to talk about and then you know if other stuff comes up along the way we want to talk a little bit about you know we we both are of the opinion that luke walton is probably going to be fired at the end of the season uh, we have hot got... takes only on the Lake Show. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty hot up in here. Uh, so we are going to talk a little bit about some candidates. We had a rumor today that Doc Rivers has always kind of sort of wanted to coach the Lakers. Uh, so that's an interesting one. And I think Knicks, that's probably guess, where we should start all this, and then like flow out to the Luke stuff and coaching stuff from there. Oh, I actually think the Luke stuff is more interesting to me. All right, well, let, let's get into that. We can say it. Well, so we're going to talk about the Doc Rivers thing, but the, this is uh, this is what we know call in the industry a tease. You got to yeah. stick around till later. Exactly. Or just like skip forward. <laughs> I'm I don't care. <laughs> he can, he guess. I'm uh, not going to tell you what the timestamp is though. So so that's on you, Harrison. There's a there's somebody in some way, shape, or form directly tied to the Lakers who was annoyed at cronyism and nepotism. In Luke's choices for for coaching staff, if I would have told you annoyances shared from the Lakers organization, how far down the list would you would I would I have had to go heading into the season that 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 would have been something that was leaked as a frustration about somebody else in the Lakers organization? Seemingly unironically leaked as a frustration. Yeah, you know, um, no, I mean, <laughs> as so somebody who was hired as a crony. At the beginning of the season, I didn't really know what, you know, what flaws were going to be exposed by 
larger expectations and all that stuff. Like I, I didn't have a good sense on that. But if we're getting into like a couple weeks into the season or a couple months, like, and we're talking about complaints that people have had about Luke Walton's coaching, I actually do think. So if we're if we're taking away all the context of all of this and we're saying this is something that this is actually legit criticism, I think, Absolutely. from the front office. Like I, I felt like early on in the season when Luke was yelling at Magic, like the way that they went about that and how quickly Vice versa. somewhat lost in that or sorry, when Magic was yelling at Luke. Um, but what's, what was somewhat lost in that because of all the, like what it actually meant and all the big picture takeaways about that was that magic's criticisms were fairly valid. Like if that was about the lack of an offensive system, like, okay, fair point. Like Luke didn't, it definitely has not demonstrated a whole lot of ability in that area over his now, now his entirety of his time with the Lakers. Yes, so that's been a consistent problem. Like, if it would have been, we aren't playing defense well enough, then it would have been like, okay, Magic, like, seriously. Yeah, like calm down give, a little bit. You didn't give him any defenders, so that's kind of on you. Like, the offense thing, sure, the Lakers, this was a flawed roster that was never probably going to have a great offense. But a LeBron James offense should not be in the bottom 20 of the league. Just mm-hmm. by virtue of having LeBron James on your team, pre-injury, I'm not talking about now, pre-injury, yeah. Um, for that stretch of the season, their offense should have been better. I don't know if it should, it should have probably, I don't know if it should have been top 10. There was enough of a lack of a spacing problem, but it should have been better than it was. So that was, again, that was a legit criticism. And then you go into this one and we're talking about, and so apparently they're upset that he hired, this is where it wasn't the exact phrasing, but essentially they're upset that he hired all of his friends to be the coaches. Yeah. And you and I got into on the site that there is context here and that these guys, like, they have experience. It's just not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, like, so they would have wanted, like, a, an experienced former head coach on his staff. Luke hired all of this staff before this front office was put into place. And so, but still like you can change teams change over their staffs every off season and stuff. I don't know that they ever actually replaced Judd Bushler or at least not with like a, (laughs) it wasn't somebody more experienced. I I know that there. Yeah. There are more, yeah, not with anyone more experienced. So like you could, so Brian Shaw was supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to be the veteran head coach that was brought in with Luke, but the thing is, like Shaw, the highlights of Shaw's tenure as a head coach are not great. He had a fifty-six and eighty-five overall record. He, uh, he also great. admitted to a sideline to Rachel Nichols in a sideline interview that uh, he had to read books to try and relate to millennials during his tenure, which seems like the type of thing you probably shouldn't admit to. <laughs> um, when you're was it in like? Was it in like a, a mid-game interview? No, well, so she revealed it during like a sideline hit. Ah, it was, okay, okay, it okay. was during their prep interviews that they do before games Could or whatever. Could you imagine that being like a mid-game interview thing? No, she's like, what do you think is going wrong? And it's like, well, I'm reading well, books honestly, on how to relate to millennials. <laughs> honestly, this game was screwed before it started. It's like, I am trying to read on the sideline and they aren't running offense and it's making it harder. No. Uh, so it was during a pregame interview, I'm sure, sometime, yeah. somewhere – along yeah, some the kind of studio out. thing and yeah there was also he was apparently wrapping scouting reports to the team which like if it works solid strategy it seemed like ty lawson at least thought it was funny by when he posted on instagram he's like it was like keep dropping that heat coach or something like that <laughs> like but ty lawson might have been drunk at the time though based on the nugget oh man come on <laughs> like based on the nugget success that did not seem to indicate that it was successful strategy um so when you factor in all of that like experienced head coach 
sure, sure. if we're going by like the like in that he has experience yeah. as an NBA head coach. Just not the greatest experience. Yeah, just not like it was it was not good experience. <laughs> and like Jesse Murmies like seems like as you wrote, he seems like a really chill bro dude. Um but <laughs> His only head coaching experience was of the Toronto Raptors G League affiliate, which, like, that's not nothing. That's coaching experience. Yeah, it's and more, more experience decent. than we have. Yeah, Mermies is um, Mermies is actually more experienced, you know, over one of the more experienced members of Walton staff, like, in terms of legit, like, NBA basketball experience. Uh, Brian Keefe is, like, the one guy here where you look at him and it's like, okay, that would be a solid – that guy yeah. would look solid on any staff. He's got a nice Brian resume. Keefe, he Like, Kevin Durant gave him glowing praise for how he helped him develop. Like, Keefe is apparently in charge of the defensive scheme for the Lakers, yep. uh, is what you're telling me. And, um, like – and the Lakers' defense has been one of the most consistent things. Yeah. So – like that is that guy would be a solid. So like let, we could take him out of a criticism pile. Yeah. And of then, all of the resumes that we were looking at here when we were writing that article, Keefe's was the one that I said, OK, yeah, that's that's a legit, yeah, that's a legit NBA legit resume hire. on any staff. And all yeah. of these guys like Mermies, Mar- we're going to get into Mark Madsen, Miles Simon, all of these guys, none of them would look out of place on an NBA staff by itself. It's the collective that there are three yeah. of these guys that don't have that much NBA experience. Right. Like on a bet because uh, Mermies had been an NBA assistant coach before. Like he he had done that job for other. There were other franchises that were willing to pay him to do that job. This is mm-hmm. not just he was Luke's Arizona friend, even though I'm sure that didn't help. Uh, that didn't hurt. Yeah. Uh, Mark Madsen, you know, he's like he he was his prior coaching assi- coaching experience was he was an assistant coach in the G League and at his alma mater of Stanford. And then he was hired on by the Lakers under the under Byron Scott. So, again, like right. that's or actually was Quick, it Dan Tony. Uh, no, no, no. It was it was Scott. But it here's my Scott. thing. Okay. What about Bri- Byron Scott's coaching tenure would ever make you think we need in any aspect of that as a holdover? Like if Mark Madsen wasn't he, a he former a Laker, coach. would he have been kept around? He had a shooting coach. <laughs> so he's better than he's better than Luke. Um <laughs> in in Tracy Murray, I'm not sure if that was his job title specifically, but he like has done shooting coach work. I know like that was a thing earlier this remember, year. He was yeah. like Yeah. Um so Mark Madsen, again, like not a guy that would look out of place on an NBA staff. Like, but again, like, and then Miles Simon, he had won a national championship with Walton in Arizona. He worked as an assistant coach under Lute Olson. Uh, and then he did stuff with the Team USA junior teams and Nike basketball camps and then also trained some players privately. Again, all these guys have experience. It's just not experience of being a head coach that you can lean on if you've never been a head coach before and be like, these are all these things that I have to do. This is how I recognize if my staff is running correctly. This is how I recognize, like, how to deal with X, Y, and Z problems. None of these guys really have that experience. And even in Shaw's case, where he technically has that experience, he clearly didn't do it well. And so is that the guy that you want as the sage veteran telling Luke, like kind of showing Luke the ropes as a head coach? And sure, you can point to Luke was the interim coach for the Warriors. He was he worked under Steve Kerr. He knows how like a locker room works. He's been around locker rooms his entire life. But at the same time, I do think that it's a valid criticism that all of these guys, well, none of them look totally out of place as an NBA coach. You normally would see a little bit more collective experience like on one of these rosters you see one like you'd see one maybe not two former head coaches but the former head coach wouldn't be a like by any measure like pretty unsuccessful head coach here's here's the thing multiple things can be true at the same time here 
this can be hypocritical on the part of the front office to make this case when both Magic Johnson and and Rob Polinka brought in zero experience to their current jobs and probably would have been better off had they brought Jerry West on to the staff with them uh, to to help show them the ropes in the same way that a former NBA veteran head coach would have been able to help Luke Walton. That it can be hypocritical, but well, it can and also the other be thing valid. that we should note is those guys are usually available for a reason. It, it means that it didn't work out, right? or not usually they are available for a yeah. reason. It means it didn't work out for them somewhere else. So like that's fair. But at the same time, there's just usually a little bit more collective NBA experience and veteranness on these staffs. Yeah. And especially for a guy that's a first time head coach. That's a thing. Like a first time, full time head coach. And that's where and that's where I think it's a very valid criticism. Like if 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 you and I had this criticism, I'd be fine with it, right? It, or if or if anybody had this criticism of Luke, I think it would be perfectly fair criticism. Because Yeah, it, I think I think it's Fair, it's a fair criticism. I think it's a little hypocritical coming very from hypocritical. the source. Very extremely. It doesn't make it not legit criticism. Yeah. but you know, I know you have thoughts on this. What, what makes me nervous about, or what made me nervous about the the staff that Luke was putting together, was that like the best leaders tend to recognize their own shortcomings. Right? Luke's was very obviously inexperienced. He didn't have very much experience in doing this. And by not recognizing how valuable it would be to pair himself with somebody who did offer that experience, that that should have been a red flag right then and there. And, you know, it, it, after – what is it? Three – he's in year three right now, right? Yes. This is his third year. So after his third year of of having an offense that made very little sense and – Or even after his second one. Yeah. When you're bringing in LeBron, maybe you should bring in a guy who's a little bit more experienced as an offensive coordinator. I know you don't you you would never want to fire your friend, but like if our blog was tanking, I would fire Anthony the second like it my boss asked me to. <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> That's great to know. Fans had to hit me up. Uh, but but if 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 it came down to that though, like if you notice these things and you recognize these aspects of where you've fallen short, either in uh, in landing the job where you what you didn't bring to the table at that time, maybe fill that hole with with something that has somebody who has a little bit more experience. And as your offense struggles for now, it was two years in, in a row and now three years in a row uh, to never bring in somebody to, to shore that up. Like those are those are identifying talent issues. And I think. You know, just like and, and again, it's funny that it's the front office making these these cases and making these criticisms, because I would probably look back at the front office and say, well, identifying talent isn't exactly a strong suit of yours either. Right. And so, you know, you have all these things going on at the same time, but it doesn't actually take away from the validity of the of the criticism itself. And if this is, you know, the front office kind of laying down the seeds to eventually firing Luke in, in the in the offseason, well, they're they're gonna have a decent case to to do it. Uh my only thing is, and this is the next thing that I wanted to talk about to you with is is will will firing Luke actually do anything? But before we do that, I do want to address like you're criticizing them for lack of experience. We did get some pushback from people 
And like, I, I don't want to play to necessarily just play to people like, like if I consider pushback, not legit, I don't really want to address it. But like, I do think that this is like fair that we should explain what we mean by the lack of experience. Like, because people were saying, you know, magic had been around all of the stuff. He had been a partial owner before, like, and that, uh, like just because you haven't done a job doesn't mean that you're not, ex you don't have some relevant experience you can bring to that job, which I think is fair. Like I've never been a PR person before, but I've worked with a lot of PR people and I have communication skills. So I think I probably could do PR like if, if that was necessary for me to switch just as an example from, but like, I would, but I would want you to have some, like, I would want to pair you with somebody who did have that experience. Yes, obviously you would not want to make me the head of a PR department probably. Right. So, but at the same time, like, I, I think that we should talk about that. And like Rob Polinka was an agent. He negotiated contracts like for his players. And so he can recognize fits and he can like, like he can recognize fits on rosters. He can recognize talent because you want like as an agent, you want to recruit talented players and like you can find good situations for them. He was he is by all accounts a CBA kind of expert. And so like I just don't know. I think that there are things about being a general manager that even if you're an agent, you're not qualified for. I think that there is like managing a whole bunch of different players that are all on the same team with all that have different goals. You have to manage them. You have to manage their family members. You have to manage, you know, like, let's say, you know, like they're like in the case of Kawhi, you have a situation where like the uncle is upset, like about how things are going or whatever. And you're having to manage that while you're also having to put out fire somewhere else. I just think that there are day to day responsibilities of being a GM that being an agent doesn't prepare you for. It, it, there are certainly things that cross over, but I think that there are a lot of things that don't. And gauging in that talent case, as an agent is not the same as gauging how talent is going to fit together and on on an NBA roster. Yeah, but I mean, you can. I, I still think that it's fair to point. Like, you still have to figure out a good fit for your clients, basketball wise, and help them figure that out and evaluate that as well. At least the best agents do. And so, like, that's something that theoretically could transfer over. I, I just think that there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that agents don't have to do. They agents have different behind the scenes stuff that they have to do that GMs have to do. And I'm not sure that there's crossover there. And so, in that case, like, sure, it, it's like we were talking about. You could hire that guy, and but. You would want to pair him with an experienced executive. Magic is not that and vice versa. And so when you have these two guys and they aren't necessarily like, you know, we've seen it with not really like uh, they've listened to the scouting department in some instances, but most famously with the Mo Wagner one, there was like the not, you know, overruling them on that. Mm -hmm. There is, you know, the fact that they have wanted to all of these moves kind of scream Magic and Palenka, uh, like the signing scream Magic and Palenka. They don't scream scouting department necessarily. And <laughs> no. so, yeah, well, given the success that that scouting department has had yeah. in finding and evaluating talent. So I, I, I think that like those guys, you would want an experienced executive with them. I, I don't think that they were totally unlegit hiring ideas, but you'd want somebody experienced to pair with them, not pair to inexperienced people. And And, you know... To build on all of that, it would be – those are things you figure out as you put together a candidate search, right? Yeah. As you as you interview various candidates. What's a search? <laughs> like any search whatsoever. Like I, do you think they Googled anybody else? Like how <laughs> – what do you think the, the... I, I'm going to be honest. This is going to sound hot takey, but I'm going to be honest and say no, just because I think that they had probably been thinking about Palenka for like before, you know, we became aware that Magic and Genie, you know, had uh, completed the coup and that Magic was in charge. You mean 
as soon as they found out Kobe didn't want the job, they went to the closest person to Kobe. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think these are things that, and Uh-oh. it's the same kind of thing with with uh, Luke Walton in putting together his staff. Like we don't know what process went into it, right? We don't know how 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 arduously he searched for they the Googled best famous Arizona alumni. Yeah, he 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 just looked around him like he he who he went to first... an alumni meet and greet like networking event and was like, "Do you coach basketball? I'm looking for assistance." <laughs> well, I. I Let's see. M is the furthest down he got in his in his uh, Facebook, right? Or is, uh, in all oh of his contacts. I, I think I'm sure they looked around. I just think that it's like you know when when I was hiring for this job, like it's not the same. I'm not an NBA head coach building out his staff, but like there's some things that cross over with like in loose terms. Like when I was building out the staff for the Silver Screen and Roll site, like I looked at people that I already knew were in my that I felt like were good. And that I already knew, like I didn't necessarily it like there was a candidate search. Like we did look at other resumes. There were other resumes that my boss and I looked at when we were doing things. But ultimately, I felt more com- most comfortable with the people that I knew could already do the job because I I had either had experience working with them. I I either knew I knew them from pretty well outside of it. I built out a team of people that I was pretty familiar with. I think that that's a natural inclination. I think the difference is is that in year you know in year. Like at the end of year one of my job here, like if this was not working, like if there were clear flaws in this, I would be asked to look outside of my candidate pool and go Mm -hmm. look at other names and things like that. Whereas like, uh, you know, like I don't know that Luke was asked to do that. I don't know that he was asked to do that this summer. We don't know. They they can say that they're upset with him for not hiring a more veteran assistant like head coach. But do we know that they tried to get him to do that this summer? Because if not, then this rings kind of this rings kind of hollow a little bit. That's 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 the the last bit of of criticism I think we can have of the criticism. Yeah. I I think that's the the last bit of 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 context that needs to be offered up here is well look man you're his boss <laughs> right like you could you could sit Luke down and say all right you may not be our hire but we think we can still make this work with you if you consider bringing somebody else onto your staff who, and like who has a little accounts, bit more. And by all accounts, they tried to do that at the very least. They talked extensively when they were hired about how Luke Walton was their guy and they thought he was a good head coach. Like we've only seen the tenor change this year. Yeah. And and well, yeah, because they started getting some criticism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not they're, – they're angry at Luke for not being able to make it work with their roster, right? And that's yeah. where that's where I asked the question earlier, does firing Luke actually get anything done? Because I, if they I put together that. another crappy roster and then they get frustrated at that coach for not being able to make it work with that crappy roster, well then then what, man? We're gonna yeah, go I'm, I'm gonna do coach? my version of, of Darius's yes and no, and I'm gonna say it depends. Because yeah. like does firing Luke solve solve anything? I, it's like it's a question that requires some context. Who are they replacing him with? If the Lakers replace Jason him Kidd. with, you know, like if the Lakers replace him with Doc Rivers, then Probably. yeah, I would say that that solves a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I don't think it solves everything that was wrong with this organization or everything that was wrong with this year's team or whatever. But like, and the, because you know a coach can only solve so much of that, but it solves a lot of things. Like Doc Rivers has a lot more experience. We've seen him get the most out of various different rosters. We've seen him have success on long playoff runs. Like we've seen all of those things from Doc Rivers. We've seen uh, like the my like the game to game things. I believe that he has a pretty good reputation for ATOs as well, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a he's a good coach. He's a good coach. He's like he's a probably a top ten coach in the league. You would say, right? 
yeah, top 10, 15. Without looking at the list of 30 coaches, he's, he's I'd better, say... He's better than mediocre. Like, I would say... Yeah. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's bad. I think he's between mediocre and good. He's above average. So that's fine. So that solves the problem. Especially if he's working four days or five days a week. Like, there was a criticism there for a while that he wasn't committed to the Clippers. Yeah, I don't know about that. But so anyway, so Doc like would be so I guess this is where we're addressing this report now. But Mm -hmm. like Doc would be a clear upgrade. But part of the part of what I wrote when I was talking about this story was that he would be a clear upgrade over like basically uh, over basically every other candidate that they've been rumored for. So like here's where we get into the context of it depends on who they hire. Mm -hmm. Like because the other rumors have been. Jason Kidd, Mark Jackson. Uh, the other rumors have been Mark Jackson. Tyron the other Lue. rumors have been Tyron Lue. And, and then I think there was Doc a random one over the weekend. It was like, will Tom Izzo consider coming to the NBA? But I don't think that's that, happening. See, that, that didn't read as a rumor to me. That read as like magic. Like, I think the person wrote like literally like Magic Johnson may consider Michigan State coach Tom yeah. Izzo. Like, he, I mean, Magic Johnson may consider anyone. Magic Johnson may consider you or me. Like realistic, like well, the, di- the difference though with Izzo is that like Magic would have some convincing to do of Tom Izzo, yeah, because he doesn't like by several accounts he's had he Tom Izzo could have come to the NBA anytime over the last like ten years and he's yeah, turned Daniel all left opportunities down. I think for that first LeBron team actually, yeah, it, if it, I remember correctly when he, or not the first, when he brought LeBron back that first year, yeah, like the, he could have Tom Izzo could have worked in the NBA anytime over the last like decade and he has chosen not to, yeah, and so. Uh, over the names that have been rumored and the names like we all know that we're going to get the coach Calipari rumor at some point just because yeah. it seems like any time a glamour job comes open that guy's name gets rumored because I just I think he likes to hear his name in headlines. Yeah. I don't know. Like I and that it's like good for I I don't know. I've become convinced of this, but I, I don't know that he'd be a great NBA co- coach. Um based on what I read about like criticisms of him at the college mm-hmm. level. I don't I, think I don't think very many college coaches would be very good in the NBA. Most most aren't. And uh, I, for what it's worth, I actually think Luke would do fairly well in college. Yeah. Um, but I think that like if you're hiring any of those guys that are not Doc Rivers of the names that we have mentioned, I don't know that that's an upgrade over Luke. Yeah, I it, it's like Doc Rivers. There's like, a, there's a clear line of demarcation between between like Doc Rivers and then the other candidates. Teron like, might be Kidd one. Is arguably a downgrade. Yeah, Teron Lu might be a slight upgrade. I actually might think, be. and then also Mark Jackson. Like, if we're putting aside like like this the outside the coaching stuff from Golden State, which you can't totally do, but if we're just doing that for a second, Mark Jackson had a lot of success with that Golden State roster. There were things that he did that ultimately probably held them back from reaching their full potential, but he did do some things very well. He could clearly coach defense, but then you have all the stuff about you know like it was such a hostile work environment that like his bosses were like trying to spy on him because he was so secretive and whatever. Yeah. Like he wasn't willing to commit to like living there, so he was flying back and forth and. You know, you get into some of his personal beliefs that any of you can Google if you would like to and see if you think that, you know, uh, Jeannie Buss and Magic Johnson would love to sign up for that. Um, you can, you, you know, can go specifically into that. Like he has a he has a history of homophobia. I don't remember the exact thing and I don't want to get sued for libel. Mm. I don't remember his like exact words, but he had some homophobic rhetoric, we shall say. I think he said uh, something like because remember it was when uh, Jason Collins came out or, or yes, I think it was around then. I don't. Yeah. Re- I and he said that and he said that. no gay player will be in his locker room. Now I remember that specifically. Oh, man, if that's really 
that is just – I mean, that's even wor- – that sounds – that probably sounded bad then. That sounds even worse in 29. Yeah, he said, not in my lo- – There, here's a headline from uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Mark Jackson on gays, not in my locker room. Yeah. So – And by the way, Magic Johnson has a very publicly gay son, you know. Yes. And so, so those two, those two and things Jeannie might Buss not mix very well. Very, very publicly liberal. Yeah, they had they had the L they, they had the LGBTQ night at at Lakers uh, at Staples Center this year with coincidentally Jason Collins. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think so. Even coaching candidates aside, to me, I think it's great. On one hand. That Magic Johnson and Rob Polinka have this criticism of Luke Walton. It's only great. Yeah, they've like recognized the basketball thing. Yeah. that he can be criticized for. It's, it's not like like that, it's that's only that's great good. though. It's only great if they recognize that same flaw in the way that they approach this job, and they address that same concern that they have with Luke Walton in the same way that they want Luke Walton or they wanted Luke Walton to address it this year, right? Uh, I think I otherwise let's say that again, like if, if you give, if you give, so do you think doc rivers succeeds with the roster that they gave Luke Walton this year? I think he gets more out of it. I don't think that he like, uh, does he make the depends. playoffs with it? There were a lot of, <clears throat> there were a lot of injuries that I think ultimately mm-hmm. like regardless of coaching, whatever, I think injuries would have doomed this team from, uh, from like making the playoffs because of how many they dealt with. I'm not saying that there aren't other legitimate criticisms of roster construction and all that stuff, but just by the end of the season, there's been so many of these things that I just don't know that they could have made the playoffs. Even if they swapped out a couple of the members of the meme team for shooters, like, you know, it's just there were so many problems in terms like LeBron missing 18 games, all the young guys, just all these crazy medical issues that like especially Ingram's just coming out of nowhere. Like it, this wasn't caught that like Ingram isn't ruled out because the Lakers had a bad record. He had a completely unforeseeable health issue that, yeah. you know, one would think would have happened regardless of who the coach was or all this stuff. And like Lonzo Ball stepped on someone's foot and sprained his ankle and bruised a bone. Like, I don't know if there's anything that you can do about that. Like, I, I think that all of those injuries, I think, would have ultimately doomed them no matter who the coach was. But Rivers I, probably would have gotten more out of this roster. I, I agree with that. I, I think, think the record I think would he have been better. I think more... they might have still been in the hunt at this point. I think he would have gotten a higher level of commitment to LeBron here. And I think this is this is the last thing I have to touch on as, as it pertains to coaching. The, the Lakers, from what we've heard— is are not all that interested in completely handing the keys over to LeBron. But as it pertains to coaching, if you get somebody who LeBron isn't absolutely sure about and he starts the year next year kind of second-guessing and feeling out the coach once again, we saw this year one of the few trends that held out from start to finish of the season was if Luke Walton was committed to a game and was actually playing with full energy – the rest of the team tended to follow suit, but if you mean he, if LeBron, you said I think you said Luke. Oh well, no. If Luke played really hard, no. <laughs> yeah, if Luke if, played really hard. The team would have been very inspired. But but if LeBron, anytime LeBron was fully focused on on the task at hand, the Lakers tended to to look pretty good. Yeah. On any night that his his uh, focus wavered a little bit, the Lakers didn't look so good. And so for me. What's more important, I think, than the X's and O's of a coach, 
than the the background of the coach. Uh, I, I think that the, the the search itself is very important to me. But to me, what, what what really really matters the most here is what can the Lakers do to get LeBron absolutely focused from game one and through to game eighty two. Yeah, you need a guy that he respects, yeah. and like I, I don't think. I never I've never felt like he was openly disrespectful to Luke or like there like he was just like totally embarrassing right him or anything. I just don't think that he was bought in. No, I I, I don't think so either. I think he was bought in at the beginning, but when he was bought in at the beginning and the Lakers were just kind of treading water still. Uh and 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 you know, the the Lakers were doing better than treading water. They were all the way up at the 4 or 5 seed as everybody loves to point out. Uh but as soon as things four. as soon as as soon as things kind of plateaued a little bit and started heading in the wrong direction. I don't think LeBron was all that interested in 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 being the tide that lifts all the other boats, right? And and I think what you need to do when finding this next coach is find the coach who LeBron has personal stake in, not allowing that person to fail. And I don't think that was ever the case with Luke. Yep. All right. Well, uh bring Jason Kidd on down, I guess. <laughs> Just make sure you have cocktails handy for him to bump into it all. He time. like, you know, he took Giannis from a caterpillar and molded him into a cocoon, like that like blocked him from literally moving, like in the <laughs> offense and all of that. And you know, and then you know, Bud came and, you know, was the opened up opened it up for the butterfly. But Yeah. What's funny is that like this analogy that you're making right now applies to two people. <laughs> yep. Well, it was it was inspired by Mark Jackson's famous yeah. quote of like, "Don't disrespect the caterpillar to like praise the butterfly or whatever it was." It's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Well, that that'll do it. I think for this episode of the Lake Show, uh, there's a there's like I said, we've said this oh, a couple Anthony, times. Did you read your chapter of Byron's book for oh, the, uh, crap, for the book club? I, I didn't. Oh man, two weeks in a row you forgot to read it. That's rough. Does that mean I'm going to be fired next week? Yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, I'm I'm getting word that they want me to look for a more experienced, reliable staff that knows how to read. <laughs> I honestly, I might have lost the book in the in the in the move. Oh my god, Anthony! <laughs> well, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to. This is gonna be a real book club. We're gonna like trade the the book back and forth. Then. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, all right, that'll do it though. I promise, I'm gonna read this week. I promise, I'll I'll do it. And I guess, like, I feel like it would have been overkill to do the... We were originally going to do the clip of Magic breaking down this roster from Summer League during this show. But I feel like it would be overkill at this point, given how much we've already talked about them. Like, we could save that for uh, something fun next week. Yeah, no, we can... Well, we'll, I promise we're going to get to that other clip. Because people did really seem to like our breaking down. No, people seem to enjoy the segment. So we're going to be bringing it... We're going to be doing uh, Old Lakers Takes Exposed. We'll workshop (laughs) that, uh, that headline. And and uh, also, like we are, we have one question in the iTunes mailbag already that we are going to answer next week for sure. Uh, we just didn't want to get into it today, given the that it was sim- somewhat similar to the topics of today's show, and we wanted to have a little bit more time to research. So, like, you can look yeah. forward to that next week. But also, if you would like your questions answered next week, I think we could say mailbag for next week. Yeah, let's do that. You can start off with whatever's going on and plan for a mailbag next week. So go to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast iTunes review. So just go to iTunes, search Silver Screen and Roll, go to that podcast, and leave a review, five-star review, with your question, and we promise we will get to it. It can be about anything, whatever you anything. want. We will answer it, literally anything. I like. We will at least 
read it a la- read it on air and like laugh about it as long as it's not like you know obviously like obvious exceptions for like yeah yeah you, comments you like know. mark mark jackson made but yes exactly <laughs> uh wine pairings food stuff i can laugh at harrison for his choice to not eat meat that's always fun um all that stuff speaking of old takes exposed one day this is going to be like your like, like when we finally become woke enough as a society to stop eating meat, they're going to dig up this clip of you. And this is going to be like your Tucker Carlson moment. I hope so, because that would mean I never did anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great spin zone. I never did anything worse. other than I'll take it. I was like, go- you know, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, there are worse. Things. I could have done way worse. <laughs> yeah. No, don't don't say it. No, stop. Just cut the uh, uh.